0: Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
1: If you watch it on mute, Spotlight is a movie that follows Batman, The Hulk, Regina George, Roger Sterling, <laughs> Ray Donovan, Caesar Flickerman, and Shrek as they go up against a corrupt priest Sweeney Todd after he moved his barbershop business to Boston. In truth, though, if you turn the sound on, the movie is a sobering film based on true events about a small squad of investigative journalists at the Boston Globe, the Spotlight team, who uncovered systemic sexual abuse in the Roman Catholic Church in Boston in the year 2002. Spotlight is a slight detour for our show. We're used to chatting about faith-based cinema by Christian filmmakers, often only made for the purposes of easy evangelism or a choir preaching cash grab this is out of our comfort zone it's not silly drivel espousing problematic nonsense spotlight is measured careful storytelling probing humanity's complicity in our own destruction and i know the last few intros have been a streak of very dumb songs but there's some things that just aren't fun so i guess i just have one question i'm sorry (laughs) Good movies Oscar winning movies Based on real life movies Oh yeah Oh yeah Spotlight on journalism Getting all your facts right Checking all your sources Oh yeah Oh yeah Spotlight on spotlight Michael Keaton's in it Rachel McAdams Oh yeah, oh yeah So we watched the 2015 film Spotlight And we're going to talk about it today on Good Christian Fun
2: It's still there
3: (laughs) What do you mean? Enjoy the last laughs you'll have this whole episode everyone. <laughs>
1: I don't know about that.
3: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Got to get my hands on that ah! karaoke track
1: for for that song. Mhm. I have an iTunes library rotten with karaoke tracks now. <laughs> welcome to good christian fun i'm kevin
3: i am caroline and And we're here to have some christian Christian fun
1: fun. Mm. caroline what is good christian fun
3: though kevin this is where you and i
1: do do business business.
3: yeah (laughs) this is where we do business where Mm -hmm. we have heart-to-hearts with Mm -hmm. each other Where we sharpen each other we edify each other just kidding this is a podcast where just kidding. i want to
1: edify you i
3: rarely edify you
1: Oh, for the should we gods playing that, mm-hmm. what edifying means? Uh, it just
3: means encouraging, yeah, more or, or less. Well, sometimes I feel like it comes with a uh, with a like hard turn to it as well. Like, you know, I just want to encourage you to be better. That kind of thing. Sounds like edifying.
1: Sometimes. Hopefully edifying, though, is a holistic building someone up in yeah. their value and dignity and worth.
3: Compliments. Mm -hmm. That's my kind of... Complimentism. Compliment.
1: I I don't believe... I believe in complimentism.
3: (laughs) Different. Uh, We talk about Christian pop culture, uh, often things that Christians make uh, for entertainment. Uh, But this this episode, we're talking about something just kind of set in the Christian world.
1: Something that intersects with Christianity, not from the Christian pop culture. This isn't a... uh, (laughs) Although it would be amazing if, you know, the movie was exactly how it was, but then the end credit song was a Newsboys song.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Like a Newsboys concert. Right.
1: But everything about the movie is exactly the same, but at the end,
3: all all the the journalists go (laughs) But with this podcast, we do this for fun. We do this for entertainment and for a little nostalgia. We're not here to uh, tell you to go to church or become a Christian. Or to bash
1: you or uh, make fun of you for your belief system. That's right. We want to represent a whole range and spectrum of ideology.
3: We are trying to grab any listener we can.
1: Just please tell your friends we're not doing good. We're not. Our numbers are tanking. They're slowly going down every month as people are figuring out how shallow this pool really is. (laughs) Caroline, how's your heart?
3: My heart is good. Uh, I am excited because I'm going to go on a little vacation this weekend. To uh, the nice, cool town of Phoenix, Arizona.
1: By the time this comes out, you will have gone and you will have had, hopefully, a great time.
3: A raucous adventure in the Mm -hmm. desert. Uh, How is your heart?
1: It's a little bit more full of cholesterol because, friends, I had (gasps) a grilled cheese sandwich today for for lunch.
3: (laughs) You say that like it's a horrible sin you committed. I mean... I
1: was a little bad. You were
3: a little bad. You're supposed to have salads
1: for lunch when you're in your 20s and 30s.
3: Oh, man. Salads Depending for lunch on are a your... bummer. I had a salad for lunch today.
1: But that's how you... That's adulting, guys.
3: <laughs> did you make your grilled cheese? Me or did life. you order it from somebody? I ordered it. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: It was really good. Good
3: for you. It was really good. Yeah, you're going to keel over tonight. <laughs> <laughs> From the one
1: I'm gonna crash slice of right cheese. after we're done. <laughs> no, I still eat cheese. I still eat cheese. Good for you. Yeah. So my heart's doing, you know, it's a little sweatier than usual. Yeah, you're my but it's good. Cheese boy. Hmm. I'm not cheese boy. Yeah, you are. No. <laughs> I don't oh, like this kind man. of bullying. I'm sorry. But the topic today is spotlight. Yeah. Spotlight. Had you seen Spotlight
3: when I it had came out? i seen Spotlight. Yeah, I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I watched it at home, but I saw it, yeah, within the year that it came out.
1: But you're going to save your opinion for later I, I in the show I could expand
3: on it, but yeah, I'm going to save Please it. Please don't. Little, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, we need a little help. We're going to get our guests. Yeah, we have a great guest right for this one. now. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know her, may, know her, oh him. Boy. Listen, gender is fluid. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You and may know them. He's a terrific film writer. You can check out his book, Screenwriting 101. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Film Crit
2: Hulk.
4: Oh! What? Wow, that is quite an introduction. Hello, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Hi, How are you doing? I am doing very well. Pound. For uh,
1: people that may ground. not know you, pound the ground is what you said? Yeah, folk style. <laughs> By the way, did you see those tweets? Amy Grant's a woke bae. Oh my gosh. She's yeah, a woke Yes. Yeah. She's like, she held up a sign <laughs> saying, in the death penalty... <laughs> yeah which looked like it could have been a photoshop memed but it wasn't yeah
3: and two nights before she was like singing at some bar party or something mm-hmm. i don't know people sent a lot of people sent the video to us and i was very happy to see it. a lot
1: of tweets amy, amy i think it's gonna be on the right side of things i hope that's right we'll see her in heaven
2: <laughs> i hope
1: <laughs> well hulk thank you so much for joining us for, oh no thank you
4: for yeah, having me for so people
1: much. that may not know you and your work how would you explain it on a podcast medium
4: Like most good things, it started as an accident. I just started a novelty Twitter account because I thought it would be funny. (laughs) And then a decade later, I'm here writing very serious articles about (laughs) film.
2: Very (laughs) serious ones. I will say,
1: Hulk, who writes under the pseudonym to keep his true identity masked and anonymous, as you'll see in our episode picture this Mm -hmm. week, it's a big, big secret. It could be anyone. It could be Tom Hanks doing a really good impression right now. Mm -hmm. It could be... uh,
3: Mark Ruffalo himself. Mm
1: -hmm. It could be Margot Martindale. Happy Margot Martindale (laughs) Day to all of you. Margot's like
3: side project to do like film criticism. Margot's going
1: deep on Star Wars film culture. Yeah, Yeah. I will say Hulk uh, is someone whose writing I've followed very closely over the last few years. Last few years, and I've enjoyed profusely, especially uh, most recently your article about the similarities between Mister Rogers and Hannah Gadsby's Nanette special oh, yeah. and Kevin some bear whose me, name I forget. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh,
4: the sweet bear patting. Oh, the <laughs> sweet bear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Can I ask uh, why you keep your anonymity now?
4: Have um, you
3: just found it useful to you and
4: it's, helpful? It's a, some of it is just a little bit of a separation in my brain, but mm-hmm. part of it is also... Um, Honestly, when you work in the industry, it's it's good to kind of have that separation. Yeah, uh, well, especially
3: that. when you want to criticize something. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> it gives you a little more latitude but, to I, do that. We
3: should have done that, I, mm, I, damn but,
4: it! But I'll put it this way, is I, I, I've always tried to be remarkably constructive and fair yeah. and generally I tend to be, I'd rather talk about and deconstruct something I love versus like, oh, tear down something. And yeah. And if I do tear something down, I want it to be for good reason and I want it to be pretty humane and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. The so, whole persona
1: was uh, was birthed out of, like, almost like an irony or juxtaposition, right? right? right. Like, you want it yeah. to be, like, a kinder, more gentle voice. Right. But in all caps, coming from literally <laughs> the whole <laughs> right, was right. the idea. yeah.
4: And, and and it's, like, it's funny because it's slowly changed and stripped away a lot of that over time and it's just kind of been an organic process. Like, I, people keep asking me why I stopped uh, Talking in caps, and it was like kind of after the election. I was just like, "There's no more room for irony." <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, yeah. the
1: uh, all-caps market is kind of taken up, unfortunately. <laughs> right, exactly.
4: <laughs> and so, Ugh. so I don't know. It's something maybe. It's something I just kind of take day by day, and I'll figure out what I do with it over time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, it's great.
1: Well, in the yeah. meantime, you're cranking out great stuff. You can check uh, his writing out on theobserver. dot mm-hmm. Well, Hulk, thanks so much for joining us oh, on no, the show. What you is guy. your guestimony? What's your background with faith and all
4: this Aha. stuff? So uh, I, I was joking with you before when you were talking about c- coming in and doing good Christian fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, well, you're going to have to retitle it as Bad Catholic Sad. <laughs> BCS. <laughs> BCS.
3: Bad Catholic Sadness. We yeah. can do that. <laughs>
4: okay. Because I grew up, uh, I was a North Shore kid in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I that's literally North thought Shore. you
3: were speaking another language for a moment. I was oh, like, yeah. Was that Yiddish? I yeah, don't
4: know. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it when it's on the oh, north yeah, right. East coast. Oh, right? You yeah, had to oh, have gosh. it. You got to go there. No, it's true. I used to talk like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
3: And got rid of it. How'd you lose that?
4: <laughs> I was never too bad. I, like, I did I, my friends were, had awful accents, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really hear it. And it was actually, um, I went to school in Boston, uh, but there weren't a lot of kids from Boston at my school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So, okay. it started kind of there. Yeah. And then when I moved out of here, just within a couple of years, just... I think a
3: Boston as- accent is very cute. but Maybe that's because I haven't spent a lot of time around <laughs> Boston <laughs> <There's>, dudes. <laughs> yeah, it's...
4: it's uh, I think uh, it's
3: uh, uncute pretty fast. It's
4: it's an interesting uh, culture, as I'll get into. <laughs> yeah, so take it away. Tell us what um, it was like for you. Yeah, so I grew up Catholic, and it was a very strange experience because uh boston irish catholicism is super weird <laughs> that that's the that's the thing about it and and it's another thing is like when i was thinking about coming you know coming on the show i was like there were no pieces of pop culture that were fun and positive for kids within boston irish catholicism mm-hmm. when i went to church and they never showed kids fun videos they never they, it, there was no access to that
1: there was no catholic equivalent to veggie tales or right, the music right. or
4: anything like that yeah there, nothing like that and part of that was it was this inherent belief that everything about catholicism has to be about sacrifice mm-hmm. so it's like no church shouldn't be fun it's a place where you go and you just feel bad the whole time you
3: study and you think about it and, it's not yeah. even
4: it's not even that you have to study you just have to be there it was all centered around you go to church you shut up, you listen to this person talk, and then we all leave. And there, you're a good person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it it was purely centered around that. And so I wasn't really a rebellious kid. Uh, In fact, like I liked school a lot. School was like a great escape for me. And like, my parents were pretty, they're pretty chill. It was like, it was like my dad left when I was younger. And so I was mostly with my mom. And like, she was kind of like working a lot. So it was like, I had a very chill relationship with my parents in a weird Mm -hmm. way, but I was constantly, like, trying to entertain myself and do that. So, like, I threw myself into school and sports and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, I I have this theory that, like, every kid kind of needs some little avenue to have a rebellion with. And for me, it was kind of with the Catholic Church. (laughs) And not, not in a way where I acted out or talked or did anything like that. It was just, like, I, from a very early age, was like... I'm not into this.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> it was a rebellion of thought.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: Like internally. <laughs> yes. You were yeah, like, I'm yeah.
2: not
4: going to. Yeah. I like, I, I'm not sure if I buy if what's going on here. Mm. However, at the same time, cause like there's no such thing as not going like what? You're not going to go to church. Like, and I would, and I would kind of fight for it, mm-hmm. but my grandma wanted me to be confirmed. So like that was end of story. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, that was going to happen. I'm doing this through high school. And through then it's high a, school. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah and uh so mm-hmm. Because that's when you get confirmed at what 16, 17? It's like around there. Oh, I can't I'm remember. so dumb.
3: I thought you get confirmed at like thirteen or something.
4: But no, because that, that's, that's that's what mitzvah. Yeah.
3: Well, I, th- <laughs> I know that, but I think it's also <laughs> <laughs>
4: Caroline. <laughs> yeah. Put just put down. All you're, all yeah. you're raising his yeah. chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: <okay. laughs> I'm so kind of confused. I think Lutherans. Maybe. No, oh, someone yeah. will correct me. But
4: but, but this will this will all tie together. So you have a sense of like this place, right? Yeah. So uh, I also grew up in the kind of town that was all Irish and all Italian. And I was okay. weird because I'm Scottish. Like, that's how, oh. that's how myopic and strange it is. And Would you like,
3: get asked, like, if you were Irish or Italian? Well,
4: I lived on the west side of town, so everybody thought I was Irish anyway, and I look Irish. So oh, it's okay. like, I'm it's kind of just. You passed. Yeah. Bet, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, it's so ridiculous, but it's <laughs> like, Would
1: they have ostracized you if they had known you were no, Scottish or no, if you look
4: Scottish? Not really. And especially by my time, like, it had even changed a lot. Like, even when my brother went to school, my brother was like five, six years older. He was like in the middle school, in the Middle school was separated by the west and east side of town. Wow. It's like mm. the teachers would be like, Oh, thank God you're not on the east side with all those Italians. Like, oh my play, gosh. like you're like, What are we in a <laughs> <Your> teachers for- <laughs> are saying that? <laughs> yeah, we're like, What are we in a forties? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> wow. But that's that's how ingrained that thought process is okay. to everyone.
3: Can I ask a real question? Did you feel like you had a, a sense of community around your church or like you would see friends there or do we talk to anyone about it or anything? Wait,
4: well this gets into the whole thing. Oh, okay. Is is and I, I can admit this now. As as someone who was like a good student and stuff, I knew embarrassingly late that there were Christians who weren't Catholic. Oh yeah. I had no idea. Every single person I knew was Catholic. Every wow. single, and there were two churches, and it was the East Side, and, and it's it's funny as the the East Side Church, uh, uh, I'll never forget is Saint Athanasius. It was, it was I actually started going there when I was younger, mm-hmm. and then we switched to Saint Agnes because I wanted to be with my friends. I thought that was the entire world, mm-hmm. like, okay. a, a, and that was the entire spectrum of experience. I didn't know uh, I, I had one friend who was Jewish, and like that was this super white area of North Shore, Boston. Growing up with that myopic sense, it like really, really affects you, and you don't realize that in a huge kind of way. Mm-hmm. So it sounds
1: like there's probably, and I don't want to strain it too much, but there's probably some parallels to draw in comparing contrast between evangelical Bible Belt culture yeah. and Northeast Boston. Catholic, Roman Catholic culture. Yeah. I'd be curious, like, what the, the mirror images of those things are, yeah. where it's like, in evangelical culture, they definitely raise up the, this idea of, like, a happy nuclear family, and such and such, and this is what you do, and there's a mm. lot of import put on appearance and stuff. So, I'd be curious as to, like, what all those
4: different reflections are on the Northeast Coast. It's, it's I'll say the biggest difference is everybody who grew up Austin Irish Catholic knows nothing about the Bible. (laughs) It's like, you don't have to read from it. You don't have to do it. Like, it's all about you go to church and you just go and you be there and you don't talk. Hmm. Like, just don't, don't, don't be a nuisance. Don't speak out. Don't be one of the problem kids. Like, so you wouldn't have any uh, Bible bowls or uh, sword drills. No, no, (laughs) none of that. and, And that's, that's the thing that's so amazing to me is like, like when I started to learn about Greater Christian Culture and the idea that like oh there could be fun things where where you're <laughs> encouraged and, <laughs> to to join and participate, I had the complete opposite experience. It mm-hmm. was all miserable people doing miserable things mm-hmm. all the time. And and the big the big influence for me was uh, the nuns and you know the, the pre- is um and there were some areas of Boston Catholicism like if you were in um, a Jesuit church it was a lot more lenient in a kind of way and there was sort of like a a bit more of a hippie sensibility in comparison (laughs) to some of the the super uh, uh, strict uh, and and I'll never forget this is a story I got uh, punched in the back of the head by a nun what? um (laughs) Like, like closed fist punched oh, in the oh frog <laughs> but, but like this is the thing that like I, growing up I, I would say that story and people would laugh and they're like, oh yeah that was like Sister Mary whatever <laughs> nameless. but now it's like uh, that I say hell? it and I see shocked faces and, and like, like, I'm like I'm like oh <laughs> I grew up weird that's right <laughs> yeah.
3: something happened
4: yeah. but, but that was such part of the culture it was it was just like it was oh what'd you do? Like, mm. you know, like, like that was the thing. They, they Sister Mary did, like, probably had a good reason. <laughs> and and yeah. it was because the kid next to me talked and she thought I did. That was it.
2: <laughs> Dang. It was
3: fr- that's yeah. so and, intense. We both, and we
4: both got in trouble for that cr- it.
3: That punishment is so crazy for that crime. But I, uh, also, you shouldn't do that ever probably. You know, yeah. Also, yeah <laughs> the but, fact but, that it was like someone talked.
4: But these are things that, wow. again, I thought were normal. I just thought that's how it is. That's yeah. what you do. This is, this is, oh, this is where all these kids go to a building where they don't want to be and they don't believe any of it, but if they don't, they know they're a bad person. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's it's showing up. It's doing all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, so for you, faith or your idea of God, maybe this is just at the time, but it yeah. did it feel pretty binary? Where it's like, show up, you're in, don't show up, you're out.
4: Yeah, oh, okay. 100%. And, and also for me is there was a, a more complicated part of it, which is, Again, you know, the idea of confession and you go to a priest and you're you're doing that. But even then, the rhetoric of the anti-gay rhetoric Mm -hmm. was so extreme. And for me as a kid, I didn't really understand what was going on with me because um, I'm bi. So there was a lot of things that I wasn't processing and being able to understand. And the way it manifested is I was just deeply terrified that I was gay. Mm. Because I couldn't understand what was happening. I was like, oh, like, I know, like, even implicitly when I was five years old, I understood. Right. But it was so internal and compartmentalized that I didn't know... How to respond to any of this, and I just knew I should be deeply afraid of being gay, not yeah. just because of how people talk in culture, because it was '80s meathead Boston kids, you know, yelling. They're not progressive <laughs> uh, woke <laughs> men in Boston in the '80s, no. <laughs> just you? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it was this whole mix of, of fear. So it was something I didn't believe, but I deeply feared, and that's an expression that people say with Boston Irish Catholicism all mm. the time: "Is I don't believe in God, but I fear him." Yeah, and so. You have this this is so important for also understanding this movie yeah. and everything that we're talking about is cause it was it was this thing that was so intense and I didn't realize was affecting me the way it was, because it was treated like normalcy. It was treated like like cement. gravity or yeah, like this is just yeah, how it exists. This, this this is the structure, this is what it is, and this is this is what it has to be. And when I think about, like, the kids who actually kind of did get into Catholicism, who were actually more devout versus, you know, just the army of us who are, like, rolling their eyes and just, like, sitting there trying to be quiet, was I think about the kids who bought into the sacrifice element. Which is really what it's all about, you know' it's, it's like the, the if people ask what is the cornerstone of Boston Irish Catholicism, I talk about it's it's Jesus dying on the cross. it is it is the trials that he went through. It's Mel Gibson's passion. like mm. that is Catholicism yeah. of like look at all these horrible things I did to me for you.
3: yeah. Like a lot of this makes me meditation good. on the pain and the agonies and yep. the, the humiliation. Yeah. This is what we're called to do, basically. Yeah. yeah and life.
1: kind of reveling in brutality. You yeah. can e- you can even see that in the... I might be wrong about this. And I think some denominations do depict it a different way. Yeah. But most Protestant crosses, it's just a cross. But a lot of Catholic crosses, Christ is hanging on the cross. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I never even it thought
4: about that. <laughs> I, I, you saying that right now, I was like... <gasps> That's 100% true. <laughs> yeah. I, I, everybody who had one, Christ is always hanging on the cross. It's like there, you have a person being, <laughs> being bad. And when I think about like how much that affected me, it's like, oh, yeah, you have to sacrifice selfhood, and that proves your goodness. It's how much you don't make a stink. It's how much you, you don't cause problems for other people. It is how much you take your pain and you bury it on the inside. And that is what makes you good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: and you'll be praised for it probably too. Oh, yeah. Like, yay, oh, good job. yeah, or, or
4: not? A, you just won't be a problem. Like, like <laughs> there's no yeah. Oh, good there was job.
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> there were no stickers for that. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Oh man, was,
3: I'm sorry to draw this comparison. It's unfortunate, no, but still. I was reading. Um, I was reading about Ali Raisman today, who is in the gymnastics team, and it was yeah. talking about um how the culture of gymnastics encourages kind of the same thing of like. They were praised when they listened, they never talked back, when they never questioned authority, when they followed everything to a T. And uh, even against like their better interests, it it taught them to kind of uh, forget to have any kind of like self-preservation, basically. Hmm. And so when you add that with predatory people, you get kids that wouldn't fight back, you know, or wouldn't feel like they're even allowed to or anything, or that's what they're supposed to do. So yeah, it's kind of this like... No, Vortex it, of badness. <laughs> it's
4: it's a hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. like and that's where you talk about like the overlap of certain things and how it happens. It, it's it's that taking it, putting it deep inside, and not saying anything.
1: Did you know any um, peers at the time, or have you come to know? Because uh, I feel like that's often such like a popular perspective or worldview of a lot of Catholicism because it is so many people's anecdotal experience. Did you ever see like Catholicism practice in a way where it was more life-giving or more in- encouraging for the things that it was supposed to be encouraged for, like executed in a way that was better than that?
4: The one experience I had, I had one, uh, you do this thing called CCD, which is the, the the one class that you go to, and you go like once a week, and, and it's like, oh God, I can't believe I went to all those forever. Is that like youth group? Sort of. It's like you go and it's usually a volunteer. It's usually one of your friend's parents or something like that. And you that's the time when you're supposed to be going through the Bible or mm-hmm. doing this or doing that. I had one CCD teacher. I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, he was a kid I played baseball with, his dad. And he was the first adult in the entirety of the Catholic Church who approached it with a kind of, let's just call it like an English teacher mentality. And sort of saying like, think of this just as a storybook. Don't get hung up on the details. Just read it and listen. And like, 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 because he, I could tell looking back on it now. Like, oh, he hates the dogma of this as much as any of us. Yeah. But it, it was literally the first good experience I had, had. and and it, and it was like. That was also the period where I started to go like, oh, yeah, like, I'm I'm actually going to read this thing. And and that's where I got a little sense of theological curiosity then. So and that went in and out kind of throughout, like, probably to college. Um, And that's when I started reading and kind of wanting to understand religion in a bigger sense. Mm -hmm. It didn't help me become a closer to catholicism but it was at least a, a non-toxic way of yes practicing it was the life. first non-toxic yeah, because it seems like yeah.
1: the primary question in that instance is almost and something that i think a lot of people of faith or christians come to in some ways is not is it true but how is it true yeah and how how can it be true right. how is it helpful yeah. if it's true right. in a practical way to love people or love god if that's your thing yeah so that's the church. What was your relationship like with God, or what your idea of God was in the midst of that?
4: I have no idea. Like it was, um, <laughs> let's call it uh, anxious, ambivalent. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, like, you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> of, I'll tell you a fun uh, little story. Is uh, I'll never forget. Uh, I I found out Santa Claus wasn't real. Spoiler alert! But I'll never forget is like like this. Oh God! This this one. Guy who was a figure of my childhood, who I, who I realize now ties into like a lot of childhood trauma. He's the one who told me, and, and and like he like screamed it out loud at me, and then punched me. The punching was a big part. Of a lot throw. of
1: punching in Boston. Well, mm. I
4: grew up boxing too. Like like you're <laughs> t- like here's what you have to imagine is in elementary school on half days a bunch of us going down to Mark's house putting on boxing gloves and punching each other in the backyard and having boxing matches. <laughs> oh and, and then like some of the that like we like went good, no we went to boxing Catholic gyms fun. we took lessons we, yeah. like, like it's part of the same culture mm-hmm. you know and it's again it normalizes all this stuff I thought that's just what you did it's, baby fight club yeah, yeah it's oh total- this was a pre super smash brothers <laughs> world too. so <laughs> yeah. it's hard to find your outlet yeah, wow.
3: yeah. um and
4: it's like again, yep. I thought this was normal, mm-hmm. and then like I tell these stories later and feel like what? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Oh, wait, what
3: was the story you were gonna say? You said the guy pun- yelled at you and then punched oh, oh, you. Oh, uh, okay.
4: Yeah, and so I remember I came home, and I was I was like very like well okay I guess that's a, and I go up to my mom and I'm like I'm like so she punches said, you yeah, everyone's <laughs> punching each other <laughs> no, my, my mom never punched me thankfully uh, I said oh, you know so and so said sin isn't real and she, she's like oh and she was disappointed because she, she's like I thought we had one more year like that's oh, what she said yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> with, with this which is that's a very sweet. cute thing yeah. to say sweet. Yeah, my mom's sweet I immediately go is God real just like that and I could tell wow. my mom like getting <laughs> I, caught I had two cover. more years <laughs> Cause, <Yeah>. cause, <laughs> could, but this was this gets into it is like this is the thing of like oh you're learning this was that's where my mind immediately went on here's the thing that adults are all telling me is real mm-hmm. oh, I've it's never not,
3: seen and yeah
4: yeah I, I had more evidence of Santa than God at that point. I'll <laughs> he be had to at least
3: send me actual good stuff. <laughs> Are you, he leaves calling
4: cards all over the place. Yeah, man. Santa was uh, Santa and I were tight. That was common. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, and I caught her, and she, I'll, I'll, she gave the perfect, uh, d- yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, like oh, what, of, what of those.
3: You're and I answer. remember
4: immediately at that point, thing "I don't know about this." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah that yeah. was the thing. Is that the seed of doubt was planted? And, and that's what it was. It was it was Santa Claus that got me to, like, have my first immediate doubt. And that was still... I was pretty young. Yeah. So, yeah. And then it was, like, just kind of this back and forth of, like... I remember praying as sort of, like, an angry conversation. Like, are you there? I don't know if you're there. <laughs> like, yeah. It was honestly a lot of that. Yeah. And I forget when I kind of moved to agnosticism or atheism or, like, just kind of not caring about either label. But it just... Was happening while I was still going to CCD all the time, oh, wow. and how I would try to figure the way to make the best of it and all this sort of stuff. And and I'll say this is like I made it all the way through. Um, I don't know how it was just it was these annoying classes. It was all this sort of stuff to but, the end of high but, school. You mean? But uh, yeah, to to being confirmed. Okay. And then I don't think I've been to church. Sense. I've been for other reasons, mm-hmm. like if there's a wedding or something like that. Oh, wow. But, um. um wow, a wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that like? <laughs>
2: That's
1: what it was sounded it cool? like to me.
2: <laughs>
4: Who was it? Ooh, a wedding. <laughs> Ooh, let's talk about that. Um, yeah. I, I'll say before I get to the punchline of me being confirmed, uh, is. It was Sounds like, like a literal punchline is coming. Yeah. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong um your dog is, comes
2: out uh
4: <laughs>
2: so sorry
3: we no laugh no, about
4: that. no 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 please do okay is uh uh so I, th- I think about it as like how this happens and it's like my mom inherited this right she grew up going to like uh her her parents were super catholic she grew up Uh, Spending every Memorial Day praying over graves of people she didn't know. You know, it's like that kind of sacrifice and Mm -hmm. intensity and that kind of thing. Mm. So she always tells the story of uh, uh, my mom. uh, She went to a college in Boston called Simmons. And all three of her roommates were Jewish. And it was the first time my mom was like, Encountering people outside of being Catholic mm-hmm. from from Worcester, my mom's from Worcester, Worcester, mm-hmm. Worcester. Uh, where where it has English, even even crazier oh, accent, goodness. and like it's these you know these three uh, hilarious uh, young Jewish women who are like, do you want us to leave the room while you pray? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I don't know I what don't I'm know. supposed to do. And she, she'll never. is my mom made it, she was going to church on her own all throughout because like, she knew she was supposed to. She made it all the way up until the first bad snowstorm. She went and she trudged. She comes in. Next week comes still terrible snow, everything on the ground. My mom's about to to go and leave the door. She's been going to church every Sunday her entire life, mm. not even thinking about it. Wow. She sits there and she's just like, you know what? Fuck this! <laughs> like just wow. having that exact moment yeah. of just like I don't want to do this. And then so do. she yeah. didn't go to church throughout college. Then by the time she had me and my brother, she was like, I want them to grow up with what I had. That's what it was. And and so I even instinctively understood this. Oh, you're just supposed to do it. Yeah. From my mom, like that even was, from yeah. my
3: mom, like it's not right. because she has a huge conviction about faith necessarily yeah. or the gospel or whatever. I was just like, I want you to have some kind it's of foundation cultural, in this world that like was maybe good for yeah. me. And Right. Yeah.
2: right. So
3: a, d- when you, when you kind of crossed to the other side, was that a whoa. difficult conversation with your mom or anything? Did that come up?
4: No, because there was things that were happening at the same exact time, which is, uh, my dad left and all of a sudden, like they told my mom, you can't take communion. What? And they're like, we, we, you can't take communion if you get divorced. Uh, and she's like, Is that a common practice? Yeah, that's, that's Catholic dogma. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> and so my mom's like, What, what? I, and they're like, Well, you have to get an annulment. She's like, It's been 20 years and two kids. Like, what are you talking about? And she's like, And they're like, Well, you know, it's this or you have to work. and she's like, No, he left to go be with, like, it's, done Mm -hmm. and and their response from the prison was like well you should have done more to keep keep them
3: oh my gosh
4: yeah and so So i remember she was already just she was kind of like yeah like and so that's more when my grand like doing it for my grandmother took over as opposed to like my mom was kind Mm -hmm. of like she was already kind of in a place of not caring and dealing with a million other stuff Mm -hmm. anyway Mm -hmm. um so I stayed through, and I made it all the way to being confirmed, and which brings us into the topic of the movie. The person who confirmed me, the person who said, you are a true Catholic, Bernard Law. Law? Yeah, oh Cardinal Law. Oh, my gosh. The my ba- heart just sunk. The bad guy of Spotlight is oh. the person who told me I was a good Catholic. Dang. Whoa, twist. Wow, wow,
3: wow, wow. So watching this movie.
4: You're like the Force Gump of... Uh- <laughs>
1: Of the Boston corruption. And uh, that he was there for a historical
3: thing. He
4: interacted with a historical figure. Man. Wow. Okay. And this is what you have to understand is bringing into the topic of the movie is that article coming out was incredibly important. And I'll never forget is I was, I forget which day it came out, but I was working in Boston that day. Mm And I was going back and forth between my house. I, I, I lived at school. You were adult at this point, right? No, I was in college. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I was, like, working a job, and I was coming back. And I'll never forget is we were all on the train going into uh, north station in Boston, and everyone is reading the article. Whoa, really? An entire train car of people reading the Boston Globe. We all have it out. And I was reading, and I look up, and I make eye contact with this guy. And we're looking at each other and we're both gaunt, but we have the same expression. And we both kind of nodded at each other. And this is what I was thinking, and I swear to God, he was thinking too, which is we all knew. Oh, wow.
3: Awful. Yeah, How awful.
4: And, and that's the thing It's just like, cause everybody knew something. I One of my close friends, I knew another person. I knew. You, Everybody had a little bit and piece mm-hmm. of a story that mm-hmm. you thought was just, it's just, it's just this one. Just situation. that guy, it's yeah. just That guy. This happened one th- time with my friend. Yeah. And but everybody had that.
3: Oh, how horrifying and to find out you all had the same. And that's so that's
1: much more. It was. That's so much more complicated than like New York City post nine eleven, where it's like a response to that seems pretty clear. Yeah. How to grieve and mourn yeah. with people, well, even or, like a
3: bad guy came out of nowhere and hurt us. Yeah. You know, so we we're all in the same team or whatever. And now it's like, are we all a part of this too? And yeah, yeah and like.
1: When it's your home, wow. yeah, I can't yeah. imagine what that. Yeah, like.
3: what was that like? I mean, did you get a sense of how that really played out, like on the ground level yep. with your community? Yep. What was that like?
4: I was furiously angry. I was. I was. I was. It's twenty years of of dealing with this had just finally like come out, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people who just didn't know how to handle it. And that's what it came to, because there was, there was specifically, I think, of like the grandmothers of the world, like, like my grandmother. And this was a very... The
1: Sasha's nanas of the world. Right, right. Yeah.
4: Is is how many of them, they were like, well, they aren't real Catholics. They they, they immediately go to the no true Scotsman argumentation. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know how to process it. They didn't know how to deal with this. They didn't know how to deal with the scale of it. They, some didn't even believe it. And it's just because they couldn't, because everything was... Like I had said, it's cement. Mm-hmm. Catholicism is cement. And the, the idea that so many people could be tolerating all this, yeah. it was too big. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. too big. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of argumentation about it at first. And there was a lot of families who kind of like, that's when they lost their kids for good. Because they just weren't going to tolerate this. Mm-hmm. And it never recovered. Honestly, like uh, Catholicism, absolutely 100% never recovered because it was as powerful an institution in the city as you can get, and they kind of like hint at this over the course of the movie. But like attendance has gone down so radically much since it happened, and that's kind of when the stranglehold on the community was was lost, and now it's I don't. I can't say where it is specifically now mm-hmm. just because I've been I've been out here and yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. like, it's amazing. I moved to Los Angeles. I'm like, why does this all feel so healthy? <laughs> like, like, which is a LA. weird thing to say about L.A., think, yeah. Yeah. but trust me, it's Seems like, like in it. comparison.
3: Man, I'm I'm so curious now and we won't know this for several decades, but what the next generation coming out of that area of Boston will feel about. Yeah. Catholicism and feel about church and mm-hmm. all that stuff, and if yeah. they still went, or
2: yeah.
3: or will it just be a bunch of little atheists that come out there, you know, what? because of all of it? And
4: well, yeah. I, th- I think the church is also adapting in some ways. Uh, I, I mean, specifically, it starts with a new pope, woke pope, guy. woke pope. <laughs> hey, I saw the documentary. Woke for a I oh, <laughs> do like him. Do you like him? I, I mean, in For comparison, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's, he's not, you He know.
1: said uh, in the documentary, zero tolerance policy. I mean, I don't know how how much you can put that into practice, but The his, church
3: kind of walked back on that, unfortunately. Zero On the zero tolerance policy? They were like, well, that was out of context, and that's not what actually we, he meant. He said it.
4: Well, well, this is the thing. As people talk about it, it's like law. Even after all of that, he got a promotion. He went to the Vatican. Yeah, he
3: works at the Vatican now, yeah.
4: which is it's insane. Like, it's like what are you really going to do about it like that's the that's the that's what it all comes down to like are you going to excommunicate these people or not a lot
3: of them were defrocked I think but some of them were just like quietly retired or or moved yeah moved up to the Vatican like that but yeah and they
4: can still get communication uh, um, communion communion and my (laughs) mom can't (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) see like that's what you maddening and when I think about religion now and again now getting to know so many people have come from radically different experiences that are so much more positive and good and all that sort of stuff. For me it's just I have inherent doubt of any sort of organized religion sure. based off my experience. I yeah. can't not. It's like my my skepticism is inherent. But the thing about it is 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 I I feel like I've come out of it with an appreciation for what is actual genuine positivity and what is actually the good parts of faith and getting to see them in a radically different way than what mm-hmm. I experienced. Yeah. So and I and I'm more open than I have ever been. You know, and that's the interesting thing about it is is like I I've, I've I've learned to let go of a lot of things cuz yeah, and yeah, ruined my friend's life. It, it it's mm-hmm. their their the effect of all that was tremendous. And mm-hmm. um yeah, and we owe it to the power of journalism. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah.
3: Well then, I, I guess we can yep. kind of get into the movie a little bit. Thanks for yeah. sharing your story. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry, C-H. I, I know that's a big no. One, but you're good. It's, sorry, it's Honestly, that was so fascinating and heartbreaking, of course, but and, like and, so fascinating. And so and thank it's you for sharing the
1: most that. germane we've ever had in the yeah. uh, to to the piece of uh, media that we'll <laughs> right, be discussing because right. yeah.
4: yeah. it really does. It's the context for all of it. We
1: haven't had <laughs> a guest who's literally interacted with one of the characters <laughs> one of in the, the movie. Main, yeah. <laughs> it wow. Yes. it was there during the time. So thanks for sharing that. Can I
3: tell you guys something that made me feel real stupid? Sure. It wasn't until... Probably like the last fifth of the movie That I realized Cardinal Law was a person And not like a term In the Catholic Church Like yeah. I thought it was like the Holy See and the Cardinal oh, Law I, th- <laughs> I think the first time I
1: watched it I thought the same thing Because I was watching it with Subtitles so <laughs> Like they're suing uh, the
3: Cardinal Law And I was like yeah, yeah. the whole body of I don't know, lawyers no, 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 no. in the church I don't know what that means <laughs> oh. I feel
2: so stupid That
1: makes me so happy it's a person. Well thank, <laughs> thanks for sharing your
3: story man yeah. Seriously thank course. you Yeah that's a yeah. that's a hard one to open up Alright yeah. let's dive in BCS, <laughs> uh, <woo.
4: laughs> bad so, Catholic. So, sadness. what was
3: watching this like for you? Did you watch it when it came out, like right away? Did you watch it later?
4: It felt like, you know, what it felt like. It felt like an affirmation.
3: Oh, okay, yeah. It I'm felt like, like I'm not crazy. Felt edifying. This happened. Hey, hey!
1: see, he gets the Christian lingo.
4: Is <laughs> <laughs> um of like no, we 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 weren't crazy for for. Because, like, you think about it, it's like they were—they were making jokes about Catholic priests forever, right?
1: And so it must have functioned almost like a community gaslighting over decades, where it's that's, like that's we it all was. know it. We're all joking about it, yeah.
3: But like, no one's actually going to, yeah, that's anything a, about it. Or, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it felt like. And, mm-hmm. and
4: this was this was no. This is exactly what is happening. This is the scale of it. It's sort of an interesting piece because it just sort of is documenting the journalism of what yeah. took place in a very slow the, steady the way the tone of
3: the movie is like very flat in a yeah. way but in a way that's nice like
4: yeah.
3: the the journalists are portrayed as like these heroes no. battling like yeah. whatever Well, the, it's not yeah. overly sad it's yeah. almost just kind of like matter of fact and maybe yeah. kind of a nice way of like yeah, I feel like this was true, and yeah. that, and maybe how we lived it, and like satisfying. Like, yeah, this is horrible, like but it's done. Yeah,
1: as if one of the journalists made the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, their
3: personality, yeah. probably like what's her name, Sasha's personality, sure. was, like made yeah. this movie basically. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But, but no, you're dead on. Even even like when I get into the the style of it and like the cinematography, it's very simple. If it's going to mo- drab, and, and, and if it's going to you know. Pan or move in; it's going to do so very slowly, very deliberately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not going to be. It's it's like I say; it's like journalism itself. It's trying to be just very fly on the wall. You're right there Neutral with the people. And, yeah. yeah, and that's that's kind of one of the things that I love about it because it's a del- deliberate choice that the filmmaker made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, all all the actors are so good and in, in very understated. It ways. is so stacked; it's crazy. It is stacked; <laughs> it's crazy. And
3: even like they're not their wardrobe isn't anything special. I like, know, I don't know how they, how they actually, made Rachel McAdams oh, look like kind of a normal person. You khaki know? Rachel <laughs>
1: McAdams yeah, like in 2001. Baggy, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: I did like seeing Mark Ruffalo look like a total doofus though. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. haircut, man. Oh my gosh. Oh, it changes so, so much. It, so it really, was body language. It was like, for
1: as much <laughs> as it is like, um, The specs of prestige Oscar bait stuff is based on true events. It's about the nobility of journalism. There's so much all the president's men, DNA, inherent in the – literally down to, like, Bradley. The tone of it is not – oscar clips no. where it's like oh that's this except for that one blow up that ruffalo has yeah
3: but even yeah. then it's not like a great monologue no. it's just like him he's just, just like, like a
1: confused. yeah he's just like in a he just kind of loses it yeah. but it's not like we are journalists fighting yeah. for it. like where's you, you see post. something like the, the post. post yes i was gonna compare yeah. it to yeah. the, post. the post yeah the, the post, post felt just heroes. like such a
3: jerk off for nothing
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah or for next to nothing that is like the hollywood and i they're yeah. both "Quote unquote Hollywood," but that the post is like the romanticism, right? Or it's like the like uh, uh, if Aaron Sorkin had written Spotlight, <laughs> it wouldn't work. I don't think with the tone, no, unless they got a super contrasty director like Fincher. But yeah. but I don't think it would have worked. Like if the, if Michael Keaton was a wisecracking, snappy, kind of clever yeah. <laughs> guy, it's sobering. And I feel like the movie does such a good job at putting you in the perspective of the characters, where it's like it's a procedural essentially and it plays by procedural like law and order rules where it's like you don't really follow mariska Hargit, or maybe you do now but you didn't (laughs) follow her home and get into her personal life it's just like what's the job and you can slowly by the end of it see the toll that it's taking on all of them oh my gosh but it really is such a earned slow burn yeah do you guys think it was the best picture of 2015 Literally, because it won Best Picture.
4: I don't remember what else came out. I I remember being like, oh, okay, good. Can I I read the nominees? Yes, please do.
1: So the nominees for Best Picture were Room, The Revenant, Snow Jackass, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, The Martian, Spotlight.
3: Those were some good movies that year. Yeah, it was a good year.
4: I I know my choices of that. It's a hundred percent Mad Max. hundred percent Mad. Max.
3: I mean, that's I love the one. Mad Max. If, yeah. if
4: you're having a party with your friends, you're
1: not going to put on spot. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, check it out. <laughs> hey, you Look want at that a subtlety? Sudden energy <laughs> turn. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> they don't romanticize. Look it. at their control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even down to like, and that's kind of the thesis of the movie, right? Yeah. Is that there's kind of like these Oscar Schindler turns by the end of it where uh Keaton's not like the the chest thumping hero yeah. of it they say oh we could have done more we could have put it into oh my this gosh. earlier that so scene. so everyone's complicity and maybe the community's complicity or the weirdness or the gaslighting that you must have experienced yeah. is emblematic and and shown in those characters being like yeah, we were all a part of
2: this.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe it makes it feel less like oh, what heroes! It's just kind of like oh, they f- they kind of finally did the job that they should should do and like could do or whatever. Yeah. So it was nice. And That's that scene, by the way, when uh, Marty Baron does like his little leadership. I'm such a sucker for that kind of thing <laughs> but but they're all like basically talking me like well why didn't you do it and he's like yeah I know I buried it and da 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 and then Marty Barron says you know for so so much of the work we do we're stumbling around in the dark and then suddenly the light like it switched on and there's a, a fair share sure of blame <laughs> there's a fair share of blame that can go around but like what you've done is really good work and it and the thing that I loved about even just the way they framed of why they were doing the story was like we want to make systematic change we don't want this to just be like a another scandal for the church or something mm-hmm. like yeah. this has got to shift all around so I really liked that moment
4: yeah. it was like encouraging and, and I'll put it this way if, if there's another parallel to take with that very same lesson is people keep talking about the Mueller investigation and everything that's going on mm. now. I had a friend use uh, a, a parallel from The Wire, which is like... no, Which Tom
1: McCarthy go- played a journalist on famously, yes he did. right? Yes, he did. The director did. of this movie literally
4: played a journalist in season five of The Wire. And it's the saying of, well, if you're coming at the king, you, you best not miss, is like you when they were going after the Catholic Church and that was a big part of the delay mm. was they can't miss. They have to get all of it.
3: Everything needs to be buttoned up. Everything, and it
4: needs to, like, we need to have the entire system locked in in how people were hid, why, where they went, what was happening, and and the scale of it. It made that so daunting. There's a reason it took a couple years. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I think about a lot. Well, and you think
1: about it, too, now. I feel like the, the closest... I, I guess there's a thousand parallels, but, but one of the ones I keep thinking of in 2018 is with Me Too stuff mm-hmm. and the exhaustive work that Ronan Farrow did on Harvey Weinstein or the New York Times first did on Harvey Weinstein. And then you compare that to kind of the roughshod work of like a babe.com piece about Aziz and it's like that how important like journal and i know journalists can can disappear up their own butts and and we can disappear right with them but it, but it does speak to the importance of that that due tediousness that they exhibit so well mm-hmm. and show so well in the movie where it's like guys i mean content warning for um discussion of sexual abuse also content warning for oh, montages of <laughs> of them going through big old yeah. phone books looking for names <laughs> and sick leave
3: i was a uh, I was watching an interview with the real journalists about them talking about this process of the movie and when when they were first approached with it like getting them to sign the rights of their life over basically they were like this is not a movie. It was just a lot of document work, you know, yeah. like finding files. Like, okay, I don't know what you're going to do with this. Like, it's probably not going to happen. It's yeah. very dull. But
1: no. Yeah, no one in this movie is cool. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a gloriously refreshing way. No one's yeah. like, yeah, has the moment. Or like, yeah, yeah again, Rachel McHatton, like they everyone is so plain and there's so many just like tedious, boring things yeah. that they show into like... You know, to the benefit, and I guess the ultimate exaltation, the, the closest thing to, like, a triumphant moment, which, again, is just so tinged with sadness and bittersweetness, is that final scene where all the victims call the spotlight team yeah. and come forward mm-hmm. with their stories. And, yeah, and, and, and to, it's
4: four times as big as they even knew, right, you know. Right, yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, because that's all the big victories in the movie are sad. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with it, mm-hmm. and, it's and they're like, sad. They're we, we, all Catholic. There's the moment where mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm forgetting the character who circles both uh-huh. sides of the all sheet of, of paper, yeah. all of them, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. c- and confirming that like th- this is the scale. It's you got it all. I, I and, do
1: love small scale storytelling where one they don't show like that. It does function essentially like a play yeah. where talking about it is way worse than seeing it. It's way worse than seeing flashbacks. Is their description when you put a human face to the suffering with mm-hmm. the with the interview subject, that Sasha um, mm-hmm. talks oh, the to. The victim stories mm-hmm. are so
3: like just. Perfect and, and awful in the way they are and the way they just kind of like very plainly explain what happened to them and mm-hmm. and the the guy saying like I never even ate my ice cream it just melted down my arm. It's like yeah. oh that, yeah, that was so devastating. Yeah, and that was like all you needed to hear to and, like understand.
4: And one of the things that I like that it kind of captured and, and it's like there were probably a couple priests that i had met in the experiences because because that's the other thing is i realized like i never had like one priest growing up like for so again to speak to this Mm -hmm. they were always going everywhere yeah Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. amazing and like i'm literally just thinking about this right now like wow (laughs) Um, how
3: many of them had to move because of
4: i don't know if it was because of maybe they were even moving for somebody else like Mm -hmm. but how many of the priests felt like aliens just in terms of the, like, there's that scene when in uh, she she uh, oh, when she knocks on that guy's door, door and he oh answers and he's like
3: he's so strange he's, he's out of his mind. He's out
4: of his course, mind yeah. and he's like, well, of course I. Do. And like he he does it like when I think about that disconnect, huh? like that struck me as like I've seen that before, mm. not specifically with that psychology and to that degree of what they were asking about, mm-hmm. just that head in the clouds disconnect from everyone else around them
3: like a total lack of humanity or like yeah like understanding of like yeah. this is how people work you know yeah, yeah.
4: Well, i think alien is the right word because it
1: feels so disconnected from like wait Human why aren't behavior. you yeah. yeah but he he keeps repeating yes but i took no pleasure from it yeah. but i didn't enjoy it it's yeah. like yeah. what are we talking about <laughs> like yeah it, it's it's chilling Good. in that way because yeah. it's a it's a darkness that you can't yeah. connect to
4: yeah, uh, an and, an and I remember I was, I was talking in college to a friend who, who uh, grew up religion. And he's like, yeah, I'm friends with my pastor. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, I it just like, I couldn't. It was so, it was so. Like you they know, weren't your buddies yeah. in any yeah. sense of the word. They were and just, it's like, like, I these only guys. Know, and I don't remember like most of their names. And it's like, I, I have like a couple memories of like, like oh, that guy he seemed all right. Mm-hmm. And, like, and like I can kind of picture them. But it was all this amorphous. Like, like this, you, another race that yeah. was just out there, like because you were much closer to your CCD teachers. Those mm-hmm. co- usually because of somebody's parent or something like that. But that's when you actually talked about the things. Like the the priests were these people who were on high, who were kind of going around doing whatever. And if they asked you to do something, you had to do it. Yeah, that's the other thing. It was the same with the nuns, like whenever they were around, and that was. Uh, like, it, it was it was all part of the system.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially talking with the one victim who said the fact that he said he was one of the first people who recognized my homosexuality yeah. and affirmed it in a way that wasn't uh, mm-hmm. inherently negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just, like, could recognize it without me feeling... Such and such way, scared, and talking yeah. about what a powerful thing that is.
3: There was something I was reading when, uh, like, just the whole scandal in general, and what happened with all this, and even just over several countries, you know, because it wasn't just the United States. Of course, it was a no. lot in Ireland, around the world, basically. And um, the after this all came out, there were there was like a long silence from the Vatican. Like they didn't really make a statement on it for a while. I think people on the like the local level did. There was there's this guy named John Allen. Was a Vatican correspondent for the National Catholic Reporter. He said that the reason also that they felt a silence was almost that like the Vatican knows it's bad, but they don't think of that kind of stuff as like crazy bad, basically. And no one, so it said no one in the Vatican thinks the sexual abuse of kids is unique to the states, but they do think that the reporting on it is uniquely American. Fueled by anti-Catholicism and shyster lawyers hustling to tap the deep pockets of the church, and i th- and that thinking is tied to the larger perception about american culture which is that there's hysteria when it comes to anything sexual and an incomprehension of the catholic church which means that the vatican officials are slower to make the kinds of public statements that most american catholics want so basically that like we're americans are hyper puritan about sex anyway and so we of course get like hysterical when stuff like this comes out yeah. and i think it it kind of played into how that priest reacted to like molesting kids he's like yeah but you know people do that but i didn't enjoy it or anything mm. like in fact like it's it's not that crazy you know that this would happen it was not good brutal, but it wasn't mm. like terrible right.
4: it's like it's like yeah we yeah america is puritanical about sex also no yeah <laughs> like, well and <laughs> like, and, and like even false? the <laughs> even then
3: the understanding of like what that does to kids no. i think is still kind of new i mean they didn't people didn't really even start studying this until like the 40s and 50s, like what abuse does to people. Yeah. And so I think just beyond that, there were, I don't know, they probably considered it on the same level of like smacking a kid or
4: something. Like yeah, it's not exactly good, which- but it
3: probably doesn't like... Ruin it you for a lot, you know, yeah. yeah, and so or like spanking or something. So, I yeah. don't know. And, so and, and,
4: and that's the thing is, you get normalized to it, like you know, I was like, I didn't realize like, it was a big deal, yeah, until, yeah, until and, and like I, I, like, I literally didn't even think of that as a story because I saw it all the time mm-hmm. until I had mentioned it once, and people were like, What? and I was like, Oh, I guess that is, what, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. your scale is just out that was of whack. it was unique mm-hmm. at all. That mm-hmm. was the thing, yeah. I'm like, you should have seen what he did to Brian over there. <laughs> but You're really
3: not going to like me then.
1: But, I mean, Billy up. Stanley Tooch.
3: Even in the his Tuge. restraint,
1: the Tooch is still a sweet
3: Tuge
2: ham so sandwich, good. right? He's so good.
3: <laughs> he is. Well, I think he had to be, you know. But right. yeah, he is probably the most person, like has the most personality of anyone in this movie by a long shot. I,
1: oh, I also thought this. It was, I, I had to rewind the scene seven times. Billy Crudup. Who does he look like? Who does he look like? And I was like, Bradley Whitford in the face, in the eyes, Which one's and Billy the mouth. Crudup? Billy Crudup is the the um, crooked lawyer yeah, from oh. Almost Famous. Yeah, from Almost Famous. Oh. <laughs> the crooked lawyer from Almost Famous.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, I can kind of see that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about. Speaking of, what's the lawyer's name? It's like Jared didn't know.
2: Uh, I'm thinking remember. of Garbanzo bean.
3: Garbanzo bean. Um, I should know it, but uh. Uh, at one point in the movie he said like uh, he mentions that the new editor Garibidian. Garibidian, thank you. Yeah. He mentions that the new editor is Jewish and he's like, you know, it always takes an outsider to like come and change things basically. And like I I think that was the most interesting part of this movie for me was what you've brought to the table too, just understanding culturally what the church meant and did to people's mentality and how it really was someone who was like, Well, why didn't we file the motion? We can, yeah, yeah we can sue the church. Like that's not a big deal, you know. And yeah. they, someone who basically didn't have the same amount of reverence, yeah. were the people that could make change. And you would hope that it's the people inside that would be the first ones to make change or like help right. them rectify or recognize stuff. But like, and it ends up kind being being that he, yeah, yeah. like,
1: Leo Schreiber, Nathan Ely. <laughs> you think he looks like him, right? He does. Not in this movie.
3: Yeah, kinda. Really? Yeah, yeah. I
1: I think Nathan's a handsome man. He is. Handsome. I d- okay. <laughs> Keep would, talking about that. Would you, would you that. smash?
3: Keep going. Or smash. <laughs> uh, but,
1: but yeah, I, there was almost like a strange anti-Semitic bent to that as well. Like, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. The oh, Jewish yeah. guy. Coming. Yeah,
3: well, they yeah. kept... Br- like, yeah, socially, people would keep bringing it up. Like, he's Jewish, isn't he? You know, like, well, oh, he really doesn't get us.
1: I love uh, Shriver's non-acting acting in this movie, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this just he's a guy? So, <laughs> he's, he's so good in it, too. He's
3: great! So I think yeah. he would, like, take a nap right beforehand, so he's extra like, sleepy. Oh, we
4: gotta get him. Show me this. Show me that. Show me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and even a, a lot of it is... Geographic, And this is an important thing to know about Boston, about who got placed where into neighborhoods where people wouldn't speak up. Like, I say this thing, like, oh, I'm an Oshawa kid. And, like, mm-hmm. that actually has a very specific meaning to a lot of it because mm-hmm. you're talking about a lot of towns. You're talking about everything, like Charleston, East Boston. You're going up uh, in, into, you know, Lynn, PBD, and you're going all along that coast and mm-hmm. Revere and all these places where, again, it's mostly... You know, white and Italian, uh, uh, Irish and Italian, and um, also Portuguese. Also Portuguese, too. <laughs> interesting enough that people um, don't mm. talk about that a lot when hmm. it comes to Boston. is oh, The Portuguese population—they were sending bad priests to those areas and poorer areas, and mm-hmm. places like Weston, um, uh, which had much higher populations of uh, you know Jewish families and Asian families and Nordic families and things like that, where. The church had less of a stranglehold mm-hmm. on the town. They weren't sending the priest there. Mm. It wasn't happening in those neighborhoods. Mm. It wasn't happening in rich neighborhoods either. That's when you talk about the, the criminal awareness. Right. Like everything. it was
3: purposeful. Like, well, we're not going go to go a place where it jeopardizes already our like tenuous hold on this community. Right.
4: And especially and where people are more, to more likely people. to speak up. Right. And more importantly, where people well, are more likely get lawyers. to get Yeah. lawyers and fight yeah. back. And so that wow. was the whole thing. And even it's a huge difference between no, the North Shore and the South Shore is the South Shore. There's always a joke because um, it's equally Irish, but uh, people <laughs> people jokingly call it the Irish Riviera. Uh, it's like <laughs> places like Cohass and like, things like that. There, there, by the way, there is so much inter-class animosity within Boston Towns. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, like – It's not that where you come from tells me a lot about who you are, but it tells me how the rest of Massachusetts felt about you.
3: Well, it was interesting that they did a good job of showing Michael Keaton's character is very conversant and very like, he's in that social world in a big way. You know, he's friends with the lawyer that represented all this. He goes to the galas. He knows the cardinals and stuff. And he went to the school where so much happened. And it was... It was cool to see... And cool is not the right word, but... It was
2: no, I an, know. no, it, it was, rocks. Yeah, you know, it was pretty
3: <laughs> awesome. Um, but it was it was interesting how uh, it was necessary for there to be an outsider to question and then these insiders to actually, like, make the inroads to find yeah. stuff out and, like, to tap their network, basically, and, like, figure out everything.
1: Well, and the ex-priest, who is the psychiatrist that kind of, like, led them along and gave them the stats and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he was still an insider. And if we talk about, like the faith or God implications of this movie. He was someone for whom he could, it, the line he said was literally my faith is in the eternal. I try to separate the two when he's talking about reconciling mm. the abuse with the church.
3: Yeah. This is a tricky conversation for me to bring up, but I'm curious what you guys think. Um, I was thinking about how in the, Protestant Christian church, there's also a ton of abuse going on, a ton of like sexual abuse going on with mm-hmm. kids. And we've read about it and we've talked about it a lot, and it's awful. And, it, and it's a lot of the same stuff too, where sometimes the leadership will cover it up or just retire that person or fire them or often not even fire them and just say, like Here, everyone, he did this, let's forgive him and More move on. Yeah. And, and like, you should forgive him and this is what community does or like, we don't believe in lawsuits. That's not biblical. You know, don't, we should just deal with this as a family, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but the difference i I think with the Protestant church is there isn't as much of a, like a centralized institution or like leadership. And I think for, for Catholics, when this came out, it was, or just for anybody reading, like it made more sense, to, I guess, to make sense of it because it was all this one leadership
4: it's a hierarchy. The
3: hierarchy that like made this happen and it was easy to point to the leaders that did this and whatever. Whereas in the Protestant church it's all so local usually. Like there's yeah. small pods of churches and stuff like that, but we don't have like one big leadership that we can blame and that we can show proof of like, see this is systemic and this is how we need to deal with this. Yeah, it's
1: very decentralized. So you have and I was gonna bring this up too because it's really fun to talk about and really mm-hmm. funny on this comedy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> now... It's, it's bad Catholic sad. <laughs> bad Either Catholic, Or show.
3: bad Christian <laughs> sad, too. Yeah, bad Christian or sad pro- as well. Bad oh, Protestant yeah, let's, sad, let's, BPS.
1: Yeah, let,
4: let, let, let's be inclusive here. <laughs> well, I would, oh,
1: please, yes. White people don't have enough of a voice. Um, what I was going to say, too, is I think in some ways, in in the discourse, it's actually worse on the Protestant side because you don't have those big white
3: whales. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We don't have one person that we can blame blame or say like, see, this is the, this is the process or the law that they set forth and Mm -hmm. we can undo it now.
1: And sometimes it's not as overt as, Oh, well clearly pedophilia, blah, 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 blah. Like, like an easily digestible in a headline Mm -hmm. thing to understand. Um, You see little pockets of it, especially now with hashtag church two stuff where Bill Hybels of Willow Creek Church or Andy Savage, formerly of High Point Church, like or Paige Patterson, the head of the SBC in Dallas had to step down. But it's like these tiny. And again, there's not a centralization to it. It's much more amorphous. It's more amorphous and entangled. and, and, And I would argue messier. And harder to cut out, and especially when it comes to, um, I'm thinking of specifically abuse with women stuff, because I would say there's some sexual abuse that is plainly illegal. There's a lot that's not. There's a lot of abuse and a lot of abuse within church that's legal and prevalent and persists, and covered up, and dealt with internally, and and let's look at scripture before we do this and this and mm-hmm. such and such. So I think with um, with Protestant organizations and institutions, it's a whole mess of worms that that is. I'm not. I wouldn't even qualify as, I guess I shouldn't qualify as better or worse, but just like it's so different yeah. than how it exists in the Catholic Church. Yeah. Whereas I think the hypothesis that's that's posed in Spotlight is that the vow of, gosh, what's the word? Not abstinence. What's the vow? That's celibacy. The, celibacy that priests take l- leads to such and such and such. Um, there's like what do you even call it in the Protestant church? Because that's like one causal thing. And sometimes in the Protestant church it's like scripture. Like it's not, it's not scripture in the Catholic church. It's like, that's why we're doing this horrific thing. Sometimes it is in the Protestant church, which which makes it a whole huge
3: right. and it, mess well, it, of things. And I think with the Protestant church, it's unfortunately even like, oh, this is a larger mammoth monster of, like, how women are treated mm-hmm. and how sexual trauma is mm-hmm. treated and, like, what are we allowing people to do? Right. And so, yeah, there's just even less, like, where do I shoot? There's no target. It's yeah. the whole yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what do we do? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. So um, I would encourage people to look at the hashtag church2 um, stuff. On twitter and even instagram um people feel you know there's a lot of white supremacists and nazis that feel emboldened right now unfortunately but there's a lot of people who feel emboldened to come forward and that people will legitimately listen to them like jules woodson in the andy savage case but that being said if you had replaced the cast of this movie with Muppets, which human
4: would you keep?
3: <laughs> okay, Fozzie is the lawyer. <laughs> done. Uh, <laughs>
4: that was so weird the other day. Like somebody was, right? I, I was I was drinking with a friend, and like somebody asked me that question, I just answered it. Then I looked at my like phone the next. Day. I was like, oh my god! Wait, <laughs> is
3: this the whole thing that happened?
1: This is a Q and A that happened on Film Crit Hulk's
2: Twitter.
3: Oh, I missed it. That, that became sorry. a little
4: meme uh, that yeah. was going around. Yeah, and everybody oh, cool. everybody did. Which is yeah, if you if you. <laughs> like,
3: you would replace them with Muppets what yeah. uh, the cast um, of
4: any
1: movie you replace them all with Muppets what's the one human uh, that you y- keep you you in the to, you cast you have to keep yeah
3: Leah Shriver oh uh, well he I think the, uh, the eagle would be a pretty good Leah Shriver though
1: but, no but, uh, we're, but, we're saying keep the human
3: I know oh I see what you're saying but I'm saying yeah. Yeah. still pretty good cast yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: but the thing about uh Sam the eagle is he works so Sam good as just eagle. the one one note joke I'm keeping Michael Keaton y'all Jesus
3: for the Mises yeah I think he yeah, would. Uh, he the, the team well. But he's the Kermit.
4: I know. Like, he that's is the I could have done more. <laughs> I I, always, I always, Every single I time. I buried it.
3: In Metro.
4: <laughs> but that. <laughs> oh, but that's the thing. Is right. That's that's the whole question. Of like every single time I looked at that question, I go, where does Kermit go in? And where does Miss Piggy go in? Well, there's and only the like two girl, girl
3: Muppets, yeah. right? It's Miss Piggy. Rachel and
4: McAdams and then is the Janice. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, the other girl Muppet Janice. besides Piggy? There's none. And Janice, who I always feel like looks like Gwyneth
1: Paltrow. That's <laughs> <just> totally. A, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I see that she for sure. Like Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Brian James, uh, Brian Darcy, is it Darcy James or ja- I always get this wrong. It is Brian Darcy James, who was Shrek in Shrek the Musical.
3: Oh, that's what you meant. Okay.
1: <laughs> and was, was like, King George and Myers Hamilton. i yeah, <laughs> like, I don't remember. <laughs> <Yeah. movie. laughs> he was Shrek in The Important Shrek, the right. musical one. Right. Was it nice <laughs> for you to see Foster's another Hulk, Hulk on screen again? <laughs> the, the, the Important Shrek was in my heart. Uh, Hulk representation was <laughs> high. In the, good. I would say Marvel Cinematic Universe representation in this movie was pretty dang high uh, between McAdams and Ruffalo and Keaton. Yeah. Wait, what does
3: McAdams play? McAdams
1: is uh, Dr. Strange Love's girlfriend.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah. forgot about that. They always sneak in a good A-list and the girlfriend part. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Yeah. She was hey, girlfriend.
4: They deserve a lot more. Yeah, they do. Uh, they deserve way more.
3: No, it's my pleasure to always be the girlfriend. No problem. You know what's
1: a movie that did the quote unquote girlfriend or wife character pretty good
4: that I enjoyed? Skyscraper. Incredibles. With Dwayne Johnson. I
1: thought
3: did pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you, know,
4: do you know what's an interesting thing that I didn't notice until my uh, uh, friend pointed out to me? Which is another thing to put into the rock and how he approaches doing movies. They always cast age-appropriate wives. Yeah, Neff Campbell's in the ballpark. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's 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 never like like I remember what movie
3: the earthquake one.
4: Yeah, because like... I at it was first, Carly Gugino in at the first, I was, one, I was, San Andreas. I was worried that yes. they cast, uh, uh, what's her name, Alexander Dario, and then they're like, well, they're like oh no, he's playing daughter. I'm like... Yeah! They're, oh, they're, going, they're Okay, good. They're like, it yeah. They're,
2: right.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Way to it like, go,
4: Dwayne. That's great. Yeah.
1: This is from the New York Times Review. A.O. Scott wrote, visually, the movie is about as compelling as a day-old coffee stain, <laughs> and that's exactly right because he was like comparing it to his real life experience with journalism etc etc is there anything we didn't like about the movie or like thought was weak the runtime felt just right because there was almost a slight exhaustion with it the way you felt with the characters it's a two hour eight minute runtime,
2: yeah
1: and you know and it's not the kind of morass or the the indulgence of like two and a half hours but you get to the point of like I'm tired of this and I feel this in the way Mm -hmm. that the journalists are feeling it it's sort of
4: hard to judge movies like this in a certain way because all they're trying to do is nail the ending, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I always have this saying that ending should be hammers, like and it should be the conceit of your movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're trying to build up to that moment of the ecstatic truth. And not only that, like the way it ends with the title cards and in, like the exact deciding to do the four title cards. That was pretty. But, which is the yeah. exact right number of mm-hmm. just like, way you it. do it, and, and, and I remember the the person who I saw it. What that's when they lost it, crying. Mm-hmm. It's all about that, and everything that is in the movie before that is about building up to that moment. Sure, and that's that's the interesting thing about it, and it's it's weird because like it's a movie that you have to be really really honest about the journalistic way that they got there, but there's some movies that do that the same way. Like I just saw Coco the other night and that's all about making the last scene work. Like the, the, that's the entire movie. And totally. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That th- th- every single scene is literally just about how we build into that last scene. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is why that movie to me is, is like the inverse of up where yeah. everyone remembers the last scene <laughs> and everyone's like, there's a lot of stuff that oh, happened I haven't before seen it. it. Don't uh, tell me yeah. No yeah. spoilers. It's, re- it's really good.
3: Um, the only critique I have is I wish there was more 9-11 in the movie.
1: Yeah, to be clear. This, on this movie
3: was a little too light.
1: Yeah, the, on this comedy podcast, we uh, we watched a movie that was about uncovering this horrible molestation scandal that was interrupted by 9-11. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fun topic. So,
4: Fun topic. Yeah. Because, uh, God, that was another college experience for me. Oh, 9-11? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny, too, how... Um, and it was settled the way they did it. They didn't pound it in, like... Uh, what is it? The the uh, the Picasso effect? Like Picasso? Never heard of him, or whatever the line is in Titanic. Oh right. But the way that they that the internet is kind of a looming presence, in it where all the journalistic work they do is so physical and visceral. But then also you see the billboard outside the Boston Globe that's like AOL. Yeah. <laughs> come get your free cd or whatever And he ROM talks about like we can
3: put a link at the bottom of the article. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, through.
1: yeah. Yeah. So. Mm.
3: Well, Online. let's
1: get to our final judgments on Spotlight. The way this works is we're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or a holy roast. Holy toast, we send Spotlight to shine all the way in heaven. Or holy roast, there's going to be a light in the darkness of hell. It feels so weird. <laughs> yep, that's a weird way to measure this spotlight. movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh,
3: man. Oh, well, we should add... The purgatory. Oh, if we
1: yeah, if we if we'd Finish. rather not, uh-huh. you know, in honor, uh we'll we'll <laughs> send it to purgatory and
2: the space between
1: I assume Dave Matthews has a good following in Boston.
3: Well, I just want to say uh, thanks to you, too. This was a great discussion, and it's very heavy. Yeah. but um, And thanks to the
1: listeners who stuck with it on, yeah. a, on a kind of different sort of format yeah, for the show. Yeah, it's very different,
3: but I'm so glad we had you to talk about it, too. And I feel like this is so in your wheelhouse, and I love how you think about things. And yeah. so that was great, and just to hear your experience on top of that and how it was so Related to the movie was <laughs> super related, super related, yeah. and like I'm yeah. sorry to hear that, but also it was yeah. it was um, I don't know it was very special to hear that tied in and, and knowing everything that happened mm-hmm. in the movie. So. Uh, holy toast to the spotlight <laughs> I mean we're saying the movie is good or not good the movie good. is good that's the what I'm saying yeah. we're not saying the events I know I guess movie. it's so good that it's hard to extract it just from the larger cultural problem and implications or whatever sure. it mm-hmm. feels like one and the same so uh, it's a it's a great movie it's fascinating it's heartbreaking uh, but hopefully kind of stirring too because it mm. at least gives you hope that you can't like slay the beast
4: yeah I, I'll I'll, gi- I'll give it the holy toast holy toast there. <laughs> <laughs> yay <They're> nice <laughs> (laughs)
2: spotlight
4: But, but to to be very serious it's just like yeah no it had an incredible positive impact on everything really it stopped the slide yeah yeah
1: what do you think the impact of the film was when the film came out in 2015
4: I think it highlighted and got people to remember the story behind this and how we got here. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, how do we take those lessons forward into other industries? And how do we really grapple with what we're we're trying to undo, which is the massive knot of toxicity at the core of institutions, gender dynamics, racial dynamics, everything. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like it's always the same lessons of we need to talk about what's going on Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. really talk about it.
1: You know what? I'm giving Mad Max Fury Road a holy toast.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Best movie. Best movie. (laughs) Best Best picture. More important. More (laughs) important. (laughs)
1: well that you know that had the same effect on the desert community when it came out
3: (laughs) well i would say real life impact unfortunately i don't think i even really knew about the story or would have remembered it until i saw this movie like i had no idea basically that that was this whole ordeal yeah people don't
1: understand because i think you do get it through i i think if you're not Particularly or specifically, either up with the news or interested in these things and religion and like mm. what's the Catholic Church doing in America mm-hmm. that you just get through cultural osmosis of like, oh, I've heard some pedophile jokes and I've heard this and that, but I don't really know what's going on. But
4: to, no. right. to see it depicted in this yeah. way, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and I was also gonna say, is, is it's also for people's ages, it's something that I notice, which is for me, like, like it was. I remember a lot of everything before, and you know, I, like I said, I was in college when this came out, so it was a big shift in my perception. Yeah. Whereas a lot of like younger people I'll meet now, like like they kind of remember or they don't at all, and they just assumed it was like this thing that happened. You just, like, it's take like for it's abstract. Like, yeah, yeah, that was how yeah. things went. It's mm-hmm. like when you meet people who were very very young for nine eleven, they're like, oh, I, I did like it wasn't a yeah. thing. Whereas like it was the hugest thing that was happening actively. Yeah,
3: man, I need to talk to a 17-year-old of what they think about 9-11 now. That would be interesting.
4: <laughs> How are you
1: going to solicit that?
3: Youth group, <laughs> Twitter. You <know>. Hey, teens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mentor some kids. Oh, boy.
1: Well, obviously, I give this movie a holy toast as well. I'd be mental not to. And I think for me... Mental. The, me I'd be absolutely mental. I think for me Michael the take... Michael uh, Kane I'd he be 13 I buried too many little wines. I I feel like uh, one thing that... you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One thing that struck me about this movie is how the lack of self-righteousness, and sometimes that translated to a lack of joy and, like, over-the-top triumph and fist-pump moments that there was in this movie. But there was truly a sense of reverence that you got from the people involved. A lot of people on that investigative journalism team doing their best, trying to hold, you know, truth, like, you know, power. What's the phrase? Truth to power.
3: Or their feet to the fire.
1: Hold powerful people's feet <laughs> to the feet fire to the truth, in love fire. and truth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I crushed you guys. That's, that's, but it. man, from, they should have
3: you in court, guys. <laughs> yeah. But it
1: really was like, as someone who's, you know, for you and I, and maybe for people listening to this who are still actively involved in faith communities, I think it is hopefully like a, a weirdly optimistic or hopeful reminder to do the same where we can in in much smaller ways as we see fit or where it's not quite so obvious or yeah. where it's not so amorphous but to do it with respect and reverence and, and optimism that things can get better
4: mm-hmm. and, and i'll put it like this this is the interesting thing for a long time I, especially in my twenties, I, I was acting like I had transcended all of this, Mm -hmm. that this was, uh, and it's very Bostonian. It's like, this was a hard thing that made me harder and good at dealing with things. And I can handle anything and I can, and when, you know, life gets really hard and you have to face yourself and you have to face the way things that you've done and you've made bad choices and all these sort of things add up, you can sit back and accept The way that things negatively affected you. Mm -hmm. And that's been a big part of this is like, no, like, like this was a messed up thing and it, and it affected me. And it really, really did. And there's a kind of strength that I've learned in doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's the positivity that I've learned today. It's just like, no, it's, it's like saying it out loud is the important part. It's, it's not transcending it. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's because there is no transcending it. Mm -hmm. This was a blight on a community. And this was a, a, the way so many people approached it was problematic. And now in owning that you can learn to build something new in a healthier way. And to me, that's, that's ultimately like what I've learned to kind of take out of this is both a sense of fallibility and a sense of how to move forward in a better way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: That's
4: great.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Be honest, about podcast
1: it. over. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking as you were talking about that. Like, it sounds like uh, instead of being like, I came, I went to war, and I came back, and now I can deal with any of life's problems. Yeah, it's no. stronger to be no. like, I went to war. Uh, it highlighted a lot of my own weaknesses, and now I'm like dealing with it. You mm. know, or like messed me up, and it's better for me to. Be honest about it, or be yeah, to
1: it. And that was kind of the reflexiveness of the people involved too, and mm-hmm. the protagonist of this movie. It's not like, wow, they're so bad. It was I screwed this up, and I, I'm, I'm at least in some small measure not directly complicit, but I am complicit in my ignorance or silence. And I, I think that's a really easy thing for us to do, even in calling out bullshit in this church or that church or this problem or blah 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 blah. It's easy to get caught up in that cancel culture without saying. What about myself is broken? then maybe this is highlighting. The and, and it's harder so. the yeah. closer you get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: It's And when it's all tied into you know people you know and, and things like that, is like the difficulty of what to do and understanding what to do and what is human becomes intensely more difficult. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me kind of what you were talking about with uh, the church 2 thing. It's just like these small communities. How do we, how do we find the way to move forward with this? It's mm-hmm. really difficult. Yeah.
1: Well, step one, play this episode of the podcast at your step churches. Uh, yeah.
3: Listen to our McGee and Me episode.
1: <laughs> no, that's step three. Step two, I think, yeah. should be DC Talk. It really lays yeah. the foundation of uh, Well, we're not the final word on this. You're the final word, dear listener. If you want to give a holy... Toast or a holy roast to spotlight.
3: But think, are you roasting yourself?
1: Mm, you can go to at Christian Fun Pod on Twitter. So get out there and.
3: Pokemon go to the polls.
2: <laughs>
1: Man, I sure seem stupid now. I
2: know. I <laughs> we do so stupid. Well,
1: the laughs will continue when we come right back with more good Christian fun. Yay!
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole?
1: And the laughs continue. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. <laughs> Friends, it's now time for the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. The worst. I'm
2: dancing with the dinosaur. my with a I just
1: imagine Lord Dern's sweet face looking over that vista.
2: Oh.
1: Feel it. Now the last uh, champion of this was a dirty old dish rag that I don't really want to revisit.
2: <laughs> run it again.
1: Run by Cutlass. Uh, Why are you run?
3: Yeah, that's right. Why are you ha-
1: run? Usually we do it. Whatever's the champion, we put up against a new one. We're going to do two new songs. Two brand new nominees. Ooh. All right. This is not on theme or tied in in any way to the <laughs> subject matter of the previous segment. But
3: they are about 9-11.
1: They are both about 9-11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there she stands. That's Michael W. Smith's 9-11 song. Oh, no. There oh, she stands. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did that. So, I hope, I hope there's a, a good amount of uh, difference in these songs. The first one... <laughs> is a song called Clap Your Hands by Lyrical Lively. Clap Your Hands by Lyrical Lively. I don't have the lyrics. Usually I send it to oh. the guests and our co host, but um, I don't have the lyrics for this one. Hopefully we'll just figure it out by listening to it. Okay. Clap Your Hands.
0: Jesus, I'm glad I got you. I don't know what I would do. You're my rock, my friend too. Holding my hand, I'm gonna stand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Something done happened in my heart. I'm not foolish, now I'm smart. Praising each day right from the start. <laughs> I'm looking uh-huh. at you.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: took my and Hulk, sin. like, this is what our uh-huh. church was like, actually. <laughs>
4: This is lit. Like I'm just hearing like.
3: <laughs> Meanwhile, in Protestant
4: churches, <laughs> I'm hearing like the garage band, it's lit. Like, <laughs> like like the first samples, the like, presets, the whistles. Yeah, she she didn't look too hard for these. Mm-hmm. Just, this is just, this is
1: drum kit too. <laughs> yeah, Satan, this is her.
0: This yes, girl. Was bound,
1: Lyrical lively care. appears to be an elderly woman of some <laughs> sort. <laughs>
0: Jesus can't stay still, finding his way is in his will. Live for Jesus can't stay still, finding the way is in his will. She's
4: I'm not home. awful. No, I mean she's I mean she's awful, but she's not
3: Yeah, it's like she's pretty confident for
4: for this. Yeah. More
0: confident
3: than I would be at that age. Yeah.
4: Here it goes.
0: Uh huh. Oh, hi. Cause for Jesus, I can't still.
4: You you believe? Me.
0: No, living for Jesus.
4: Every word she stand still. Oh, Just,
0: uh, yeah. Do you know what's the
4: problem? Some of the harmonies are working now. Mm-hmm. Like, uh it's,
0: like, it's, like, ooh, it's
4: pulling me in a little. Okay. Yes.
3: Uh huh. Uh huh.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: This this uh, album is called uh huh.
2: Oh my
3: gosh. The your whole hands, album is mm-hmm.
0: leap for
1: Joy. This is beautiful clap your hands,
2: leap
1: for joy clap your hands leap for joy clap Only four more minutes <laughs> 15 more <laughs> seconds how she ended. Uh. <laughs> do do do, do not it I love '90s dance music. pianos.
3: Oh wow! So let's clap your yeah, hands. Okay. Fun. The,
4: the way I would describe that song mm-hmm. within religion, like, mm-hmm. this is, is that song is the opposite of getting punched in the head by a nun. <laughs>
1: That's the noun wants to dance with
4: you.
3: She's coming down into your genre. Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the music is, you like.
4: That is like the antithesis of, of my it's entire so religious
3: experience.
4: So <laughs> funny. <laughs>
1: Again, this
3: makes not only our podcast seem silly But also our entire church culture seems so silly
1: Wait, you think there's something silly about Christian church culture?
3: About Lyrical (laughs) Laura, what's her name?
1: Lyrical Lively is her name Lyrical Lively I have to imagine, unless that's just her moniker and her name's like Barbara That might be her real name yeah, it feels like it's a real. That might that might be a stock thing. photo. We we don't know about. <laughs> well, she has other albums.
3: She's holding the Bible. She's got the word cracked open. Yeah, album.
1: She has singing the word. She has a miracle. What's a miracle? This is her. Yeah.
3: Oh, she's holding a Bible, but a different pose. Oh, and a different.
1: Different suit haircut suit too. Jacket. Yeah. Is this a rap? Here,
4: girl. Let's just listen to the beginning of this. This five and a half minutes. Kind of sounds like tree trunks from a venture
0: time. Do
4: she's a big
0: Donald, do. Donald Glover fan?
1: I thought you were gonna say, "Do you think she has big
4: dick energy?" <laughs>
2: Wow.
3: That's not even a question. What the Is that just does. where
4: people's brains go when you say, "Do you? <laughs> <laughs> do, right.
3: uh, do you?"
4: That's right. So wow. that's clap
3: your hands by I, so ki- I want to know, like, who she was listening to to kind of get the sense of the scene.
1: A lot of noise a lot of push T. Yeah, mm-hmm. she goes back to
4: Illmatic. Mm-hmm. She's, she's mm-hmm. For love sure. That.
3: Yeah. Wow. I, I feel like I'm being condescending, but that was kind of fun. What so. if she's listening? I know. I'm sorry. What if she's not vibe, listening like...
1: to anything, though, right now?
3: Aw. It could be she either one. Because she has hearing loss. Because
1: she has hearing um, loss. Okay, so that's song number one. All song right. number two is a song called Prove It. A song called Prove It by...
3: Clappy Hands. By
1: <laughs> I know. Shake
3: your ass. Leap for
1: joy. <laughs> Make it clap. Grab your dicks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> pap, pap, pap. <laughs> okay, so this is a song called... Proved by Rachel Chan. Caroline, do you know who Rachel Chan is? No. Rachel Chan is the daughter of famous Francis pastor Chan? and author Francis Chan,
2: <gasps> which okay. will become
1: important very soon. Francis Chan, for those that may not know... Is capital I important. Very important. Someone, uh, your, your youth pastor will play a lot of his video clips in uh service he's someone who's like uh who wants to narrow it down and break it down and make god's love a very simple thing for us to grasp and like oh, i just don't know what are we doing here i just want to be faithful and i'm walking on a high wire act blah 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 uh-huh. he does like a tightrope he's in Cirque a leg <laughs> he does backflips uh anyway I, a lot of people like him even though he uh i think some of his preaching is very conservative but anyway he had a, a daughter named Rachel and she was born in 1995. This came out in 2012, so this would make her 17, 18 when it comes out. Wait. Yeah,
2: 17.
3: yeah, 17. Well, it's
1: gonna be important, I think, for the song.
3: Okay, so we got okay. 17 squaring off mm-hmm. with. I'm so
4: nervous. A yeah, hot 87 old, maybe. The,
1: it's a generation battle. Ooh, love it. Okay. A battle, an, an age <laughs> battle. Nervous. This is a song called "Prove It." I will send you guys the lyrics for this. Okay. Because you may need them as a reference. Prove it by Rachel Chan. This you is could her.
3: Send me flowers, oh, cute. Text me poetry for hours. Even write a sappy song. I'm not saying it'd be wrong. You could call me when I'm sick. Sure. Allie and AJ. Thanks. About a chick flick. Then tell me something dig but I won't believe it's love Energy. until you prove
2: it to my dad. Oh what? <laughs> Oh no.
1: move
3: notice when I cut my hair let me win when it's not fair then pretend that you don't care
1: classic boyfriend move again she's 17 or 18
3: yeah okay okay i should remember that yeah she's probably still living in in her home okay yeah
1: now there's one detail i I left out of this song it's prove it and there's a parenthetical that says (laughs) featuring francis chan (laughs) I
4: haven't been perfect, but I've done my best Through your good times, your bad times, your PMS With boys, sometimes you lose your common sense So I'm always gonna throw in my two cents They'll tell you all these things that you wanna hear And they'll pretend that they love you, but they really don't care But I taught you how to walk, and I've cried with you I taught you how to drive, I had to ride with you When your hair looked bad, I even lied to you You You're mine until the day I walk the aisle with you And if some guy wants to try for you And he thinks
1: he can provide for you? I'll let go. I just gotta know he too would die for you. All All right.
2: Oh my God. On the chorus again. Uh, A spoken
1: word
4: rap.
3: With my daddy.
4: Interlude from a pastor named (laughs) Prince. Okay. I I have so many things I want to talk about. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Do, uh, Do dads always hate their daughters at the end of the day?
4: Look, like your well,
3: PMS and your bad driving.
4: Oh, oh, oh God. God. I have so many thoughts about this. Now,
3: I
1: when I first saw it, uh, I thought, oh, this is a common thing that happens a lot in Christian music is it'll say featuring blah, blah, blah. It'll say like featuring Billy Graham or blah, blah. And, and it's usually like they play a sermon excerpt, almost like a sample. You know, like in the verse. Right. So I thought it would cut to like Maybe a sermon a he's preaching. Yeah, no. Nope. Not riffity rap I'm, I'm Francis
3: Chan. <laughs> well, okay. We've talked pretty often about the weird daddy-daughter culture going on in Christian church, which yeah. I have a feeling you're picking up on. Well, Patreon.com. Also, slash good also I
4: thought. want to talk about the Catholic version of that. Oh, okay. But, so it's good to know you've talked about it.
3: Yes, we talked about it. Catholics
1: be like, and Protestants <laughs> be like. Yeah. Protestant daddies oh, be like. Oh, it's
3: too bad Vine is dead. Um, what? No, he's alive. What? Vine? Oh, I
1: thought you said. What did said, you think I said? I thought you said it's too bad mine is dead, as in your dad.
3: <laughs> That's what I <laughs> oh thought what, you really? said. Yes, we both all have terrible. That. What a what a horrible I way to even bring dad. it up. Yeah, no, he's alive and well. Yeah, um, he's alive. <laughs> there's there's a lot here. I know for some people this is a positive thing to be this close to your dad, and I'm not saying that's bad. But there's also a real weird thing, and I won't get fully into it because we've talked about it before. But just that, my I can't believe dad this is mi- my f-
1: missed the cut
4: for the top five I know, daddy I was songs. I'm not going to say it I, been
3: perfect for a top I five didn't daddy. Find it. Don't worry about it. I don't. Um, I don't blame you.
4: I have yeah, it. it's, it's <laughs> I own you until this other guy it's, does. It's, it's that it's, possessive.
3: I mean, yeah. It's and the and there's a weird layer too in a lot of like Protestant Christianity where it's like your dad is to be your first boyfriend. And often they will kind of even use that terminology. Like oh, you yeah. go on dates with your dad and so on. And and, yeah. and it's just, it's weird. It's like.
1: I went on mommy dates. It's fine.
3: I think there's a way to have a, a relationship with your dad that's uh, lovely and, and life-giving and healthy and fun without this, I, I have you until I give you away to another man. Yeah. And also uh, I have to have this sort of romantic relationship going on and right. I know it's not exactly it's, like
4: it's the sexual component to it that yeah. infects everything. it's not explicitly mm-hmm.
3: sexual of course but, but, but it's but that's like,
4: what makes it explicitly sexual. Exactly. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and it's and so it, it feels creepy. Yeah, and because
4: yeah. and, and that's the whole thing. This gets to the <laughs> oh you talked about it a lot, so I won't I, I won't go into that a bunch, but I will talk about the Catholic difference. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So this is the other thing about Catholicism, which is uh they don't talk about it. There's none of that there is none of that like oh, father daughter relationship or really not really but more there's like there's none of the like oh there's like like my my little girl is the person that I'm wh-. like there's so little of that what it is is just not talking about it so here's the other thing about it is you you hit, you have all these like church figures being like oh you like being gay is evil and you also have them being like like no sexual marriage, no sexual marriage, no masturbation, no, no, like, like so, so hard line about all of it. And then, so there's all these kids sitting there. They're kind of looking at each other like, I think we all want to have sex. So this is where, so this is where that thing where they, like, 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 so you you talk about the, the Catholic stereotype of like, Oh, the, 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 the Catholic girl will be up for having like sex earlier or something like that. Like, it sort of comes from a cultural thing of like, we we all started pretty young, mm-hmm. like it was just culture wide. Like we all started super because young. there was no conversation about it. Because there was no conversation wow. about it. Because it was just I don't want to see it. Put it put mm-hmm. it off in the corner. Yeah. And nobody's going to talk about it. But we were all we were all young. Like, nice. it's like, no. most like what ever. kind of stuff? But, 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 no, but, what? But, but, <laughs> no, most people I know was, were in the 14-15 range. Yeah, like, just when fully just sex everything, mm. like like. Got naked was.
3: the first time or what? No, like,
4: Carol. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Touch. Butts? Surely not. What is it? Tall yeah. <laughs> pants? <help me>. <laughs> went on a date?
1: So, we anyways, I like the, the rapping time. Time. grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we were to say which is the worst song, is it "Prove It"? Oh, yeah. 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 It's like.
3: Wait, prove it is her son.
1: Prove it, yeah. Yeah. Is okay. Prove it to my dad.
3: To my dad. To yeah, my dad. Uh, it is kind of sweet that he uh, he came on her her song though. He worked. Yeah, he came it? on her song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kevin on Francis' Oh,
2: Jesus.
1: <laughs> The lyrics are, I haven't oh, been perfect, God. but I've done my best through your good times, your bad times, your PMS. With well, boys, sometimes you lose your common sense. So I'm always gonna throw in my <laughs> two cents. He's the one who lost his comments.
2: Yes. <laughs> Yeah. They'll tell you you all
1: these things you want to hear. They'll tell you that they love you, but they don't really care. But I taught you how to walk, and I've cried with you. I taught you how to drive. I had to ride with
3: you. Honestly? like
1: When your hair looked bad, I even lied to you. You're mine until the day I walked down the aisle with you. I was the first
3: one to hate you and the first one to love you. That's the
4: thing. (laughs) You're mine. Like, that whole
2: language.
3: Yeah, and it's we've talked about this before, too, of, like, how so many Christian dads like get hard at the idea of like and I'll be at the wedding day like giving her away <laughs> yeah like it's so it's this weird fantasy like just that part of it yeah.
4: it's literally in, in the, the fancy and courageous yeah. the protection and the providing and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff and it's just and I think
3: there's a healthy way to feel protective and providing for your kids and feeling like the strong thing but you, but of course it's so gendered and it's rarely like also yeah. given to the sons and so it's it, oh, yeah yeah, yeah, it's not yeah
1: like I all want all my mommy stuff. to protect my virginity <laughs>
3: She did, based on that sentence. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> You're right. You're right. Oh, no.
1: All right. Well, Rachel Chan, prove it. You <laughs> are our new champion. I made I'm you not, a,
3: champion. I like a I like With the bounciness.
1: Of prove it? Yeah. That's not the worst of here. It could be like an insurance commercial score. Yeah. By the way, uh, she wouldn't be, quote unquote, Francis's property for long, because mm. she did get married at age 21.
3: Oh, okay. No, that's pretty normal.
1: Is 21? That's
3: normal. That's like church normal. How I okay. know it's <laughs> church normal. See that's it. see that's the thing. Wait, how old like, were,
1: uh, how I... old were you?
3: With that heavy point.
1: You. <laughs> you. you. I was 26.
3: 23? 26? That's
4: 26. Oh. Yeah. You seemed younger. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what the hell?
2: What
4: were you going to say? We're the same Long? age. No, I I was just going to say it's like yeah, like, most people I know are, are in, like, X number divorce now. <laughs> like, yeah. for, it's from whether it's back home or whatever it is, yeah, I I don't know. Like, that's the other thing. It's just, like, people, there was such a nihilism that I don't think anybody ultimately cared. It's just, like, once the church fell apart, like, people just stopped talking about it. Yeah. yeah I was yeah. like, well,
3: that was a good exit for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And now we're going to change the mood a little bit. Mm. Bring the lights down protestant style
3: <laughs> focus up
1: did you say focus up yeah <laughs> so something we would do in youth groups or during the second set of worship with all the lights dim is we would just get real with god and that's what we're gonna do here tonight it's just come do business with him on other programs or podcasts hulk you might uh you might plug your projects, and promote yourself, or what you're enjoying in secular culture. We're not going to do that on this show. We're going to lift it up okay. to God. And we start with you, Caroline.
3: I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like, I'm struggling with my pride. Mm-hmm. Pride in my Twitter. You're str- I-
1: you're struggling with pride.
3: <laughs> struggling with pride in my Twitter and my Instagram, which mm. is at Caroline's Farts. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you can be uh, lifting that up, keeping me accountable. Um, Does that
1: mean people should unfollow you? So you should. <laughs> humble
3: don't you dare unfollow me uh you know just send me some cracks like keep me in my place
1: <laughs> send you cracks yeah you know oh, like wise, wise cracks. cracks yeah not like pictures of people's cracks <laughs> to keep you in your place
3: <laughs> um yeah my I,
1: mommy did a good job
3: she did do a good job um i'm trying to think of something to plug i don't have anything to plug unfortunately I have the, the beatles <laughs> I mumford and sons um breaking bad (laughs) have you guys heard of this uh
4: 10 year anniversary all
3: right yeah uh well i guess i'll plug this uh nate and i have been watching the joel McHale show it's fun i've always been a fan of the soup (laughs) you are so you are so snooty get out of here i didn't say anything (sighs) exactly all you need was a look (laughs) Unfucking believable
1: (laughs) Joel McHale's green screen show it's a funny program you can check out you on that so
3: <laughs> much you so mean you can check out all
1: the topical Kardashian jokes on that show and uh it's a great time I like the soup
3: <laughs> oh thank you for that but generous tag <laughs> oh
2: my god uh hold
3: F-C-H.
4: I just saw Coco. That was really good. I finally Coco. saw. It. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it earlier on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just repeating myself at this point. But that was really good. Lift uh, it up higher. It's one yeah. of the yeah. yeah. That really resonates with people. It
1: resonates hard
4: with people. Yeah, no, movie. it's 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 real good. Yeah, and uh, I guess uh, like I'm. Soup. I am i will say I'm. Tra- <laughs> I'm <trying to laughs> Oh, this is so much fun. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say I'm trying to be more positive on Twitter and create because, like, I can't escape it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I am trying to bring uh, more positivity to that with each Thank and every you. day. Being a good so, neighbor on there. So uh, yeah, so I'm yeah. just Film Crit Hulk on Twitter. And I that's, Film Crit Hulk. That's An where oasis can,
3: in the Lake of Fire that is Twitter.
4: That's where I put out articles and do all that secular stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hell oh, yeah! Secular culture
3: rocks. I love yeah. to read secularly.
4: <laughs> uh, that, that's still my favorite line from uh, Arrested oh, yeah. Development: "Take me to you your secular, secular world." Yoni <laughs> Sky.
1: Um, this amorphous thing we do. Uh, <laughs> you can lift me up. At, lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I'll lift up a documentary that I saw. Fuck you. <laughs> called Three Identical Strangers. I, oh, I enjoyed it yet. immensely. It had twists and turns that I, I did not <laughs>
2: see coming.
1: Uh, but don't look up anything about it before you see it, BT Dubs, because it's nutty. It's, it's a re- This is a good docu, right? Yeah. We got... Won't You Be My Neighbor. I'm
3: constantly watching docs we got, as well. Come so. on!
1: You saw Won't You Be My... We saw it together. Yeah,
3: I've seen it twice now. Yeah.
1: RBG. You yeah. got... Uh, Pope France. Frickin' Pope France. A man of his word, I want to say. Uh, and then Three Identical Strangers. This is a good doc year, right? No, yeah. Best so- doc year since 1984. Uh, when Back to the Future came out and Doc Brown was in it, <laughs> that was a great Doc year. Was not Back to the Future '85?
3: Uh, <gasps> Kevin, you've met your
2: match. Finally, no,
1: it's probably '85, uh, and you can lift us up on twitter at christian fun pod
3: what i'm just thinking you razzing me
1: <laughs> on instagram <laughs> christian fun pod facebook.com slash good christian fun you can leave us a review on itunes apple podcast we donate a dollar to charity for every review that you leave we're donating to kind that's kids in need of defense
3: uh side note mm-hmm. we are making the brave foray into merch so if you have uh, any ideas for things you'd like to see or you're a designer yourself uh It's not for free. We will pay you. And uh, we'd like to see what you get. So you can email us at goodchristianfun at gmail.com with merch in the subject line.
1: And you can email us at goodchristianfun for all inquiries, for all Worst Christian Song of All Time submissions, for feedback on Caroline's tastes,
3: (laughs) for... No, I got plenty of that. And
4: check out our Joel McKill a really nice guy, by the way. No, he's great.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: mm-hmm. low key, a really nice guy. He's yeah. Christian, and, and he'll he'll show up. He'll do stuff you need. He's he's yeah. he's, he's game. He's, he's there for you. See, yeah. for, I'm, for I'm your, a modern I'm Mr. I'm Rogers,
3: back. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> he's there for your Neanderthal entertainment needs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> check us out. <laughs> for another weekly dose of Good Christian Fun at Patreon.com/slash/GoodChristianFun for second service comes out every Friday. This Friday, the Raw Dogs might be joined by oh no, that was last Friday. <laughs> well, last Friday, the Raw Dogs may have been joined by a special guest. That's right for a redefinition of the R&B genre. <laughs> Film Crit Hulk, thank you so much for joining. Oh, thank, thank you for you. being this here. This was amazing. On the thank so show, it's a
3: blast. Thank you.
1: And I guess there's nothing left to say Except for And all of Pod's people Said Kevin
2: Is A virgin (laughs)
1: Well if we're gonna get personal
3: (laughs) Amen I'm
1: gonna We're gonna go out with Lyrical Lively singing Clap Your Hands.
3: I'm sorry for saying you're a virgin.
1: No, it's okay. When I sing it, I call Jeez it Fap Your love. Hands, yeah. right? That's what you're going to say?
2: You
1: you're piece of shit. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you too. So love you too. All right, we'll Aww. see you next week Goodbye. on Good Christian Aww. Fun. Goodbye.
0: Bye. <laughs> Yay, Something doesn't happen in my heart. I'm not foolish. Now I'm smart. Praising each day right from the start. I'm going to win. You took my sin. Uh-huh.
1: You're about to travel to a place of wonder, excitement, and discovery. Next week on GCF. Adventures in Odyssey. That was a Headgum podcast.